Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman Mason. Watch us MileHighSports.com. You can reach us on the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you are looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to RMFP.com. In the meantime, want to tell you about Rocky Mountain Eurosport. This is a great place to go if you are looking for a new ride, and I will tell you why. Because if you're looking for a luxury ride, you should have a luxury ride buying experience, don't you think? I mean, I believe you should. But if you don't want a luxury ride, no problem at all. They can get you in a foreign car. They can get you into a domestic car as well. And they also service everything. They have great finance options. Go to rmeurosport.com. Again, that's rmeurosport.com. Time now for the lead. The lead is presented by Smoke and Dave's Barbecue and Brew, Colorado's best barbecue since 2007. Go get some tonight in Denver, Centennial, Longmont, Lions, and Estes Park. Okay. I guess that's my cue to talk. Yeah. Is that my cue to talk? Pat Sherman. Unless you want me to talk, if you want me to be you. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Give us a lead. All right. Well, Pat Shermer met the media today. First of all, he did wish the media a Merry Christmas. Did he? Yes, he did. Oh, did he point the pencil and he, say, Merry Christmas? He didn't point the pencil. He did express a wish that uh, everybody would have a few minutes to spend with their family. And, of course, you know what? <sighs> if you're a coach, a few minutes, that's probably a big deal if you're an NFL coach because of the way their schedule works. I think everybody was hoping for a little more than a few moments to spend with their family. But more relevantly... Pat Shermer was obviously asked about Drew Locke being starting quarterback on Sunday versus the Raiders and said, quote, I think he's more confident in what he does. He has a better understanding of how to play the game at this level. He's a good athlete. He's a big, strong thrower. He made some really good throws the other night, unquote. He added that Drew Locke needs to be more consistent. So do you take Pat Shermer at his word that he believes everything he said about Drew Locke? Um, I, I don't think Drew Locke has a lot of confidence right now. I really don't, not after the way he has played and made mistakes so far in fill-in roles, so I'll take it line by line. Is is he more confident? I don't think he is. Does he have a better understanding on how to play the game at this level? I think he does, but he's still making too many mistakes. Uh, Is he a good athlete? Yes. Big, strong thrower? Yes. Did he make some really good throws the other night? Yes. Does he need to be more consistent? Yes. So I agree with about 80 to 90% of what he said. But at the end of the day, I don't think Pat Shermer really likes Drew Locke as a quarterback. He just doesn't. I don't think Fangio does either. I don't believe that they believe that, you know, Locke can necessarily win them games. And he's going to, he's going to put, I believe Locke in the best possible position to succeed by running the ball as much as he can. Yeah. I think this, this game plan in terms of Playing to Drew Locke's strengths and what they are at present, it may look a lot like Rich Gangarello's game plans of 2019 with Drew Locke. One thing last year was that when Drew Locke was out there, 
They were trying to develop him. They were trying to get him to see and process the entire field. And that was an area at which Drew Locke struggled mightily. When things were, I I don't want to say simplified, but they they were paired back down the stretch. The results were better, but they didn't move him any closer to being able to do the things you need to do to be a viable starting quarterback in the NFL. Because if you're going to succeed in the NFL today, you've got to be able to see the whole field. You've got to be able to process the whole field. And when you cut it down to half, it means you can have short-term success, but it's the kind of thing that's going to be easy to game plan long-term. You can't worry about Drew Locke's long-term development in this game. This is going to be about doing what he does best. So it's going to be then doing what the offense does best. So it's going to be a heavy run game plan and it's going to be play action off the run. I hope we don't see much shotgun. I hope we see a lot of two tight end packages. I hope we don't see many three wide packages. If you see a lot of three wide, I think this team's in trouble. Okay. He played better, talking about Locke, with Scangarello. But Scangarello wasn't developing necessarily to be an NFL quarterback. He was developing him to build his confidence. Correct. But it wasn't going to be enough long-term and you could even see after that Houston game, the production dipped in those next three starts. And you played one really good defense in Kansas City and two defenses in Detroit and the Raiders that weren't all that good. Well, what I mean, and they, but he, but it, it was a, it was conservative. But he was, but Drew Locke was pretty well contained in those last three games, right? Of 2019 with Skanks. What I mean is, is that Locke was only asked to read a third to half the field. Yeah. Okay. He wasn't developing, Skangarello was not developing Locke to be a long-term quarterback. He was, it was the final five games of the regular season. That is not the time to necessarily develop a guy. It's about winning games, probably at that point. Although, although maybe, I think they were although maybe they should have done a little bit more. It was more about building confidence, and also the fact that he'd missed time in tr- in training camp and in in regular season in practice because of the injury. It was what can get him confident and get him up to speed to do something reasonably well, well right away. I mean, you can do that with almost any quarterback. Look, Paxton Lynch in his last NFL game, what turned out to be his last regular season game. Paxton Lynch wasn't dreadful in that game against Kansas City at the end of 2017. But it was a it was a stripped down game plan that was designed to play to his strengths and minimize his weaknesses. You can figure out a, a decent enough game plan for almost any quarterback to get by can for you, a game or two. Can you make the case if he does start the final 3 games? Mm-hmm. I don't know if he will. I just cannot believe that Fangio is going to throw out Bridgewater if he gets cleared. I just it, it, it is asinine to me. And Todd Davis said the same thing on the show. Didn't use the word asinine, but did say I wouldn't put him on the field. Right. With that, if we're being completely honest, George Payton needs to step in, and I'll tell you why. George Payton's a good guy, and he does right by his players. Mm -hmm. I think he needs to step in and do right by his players. I understand he has loyalty to Vic Fangio to possibly make the playoffs. I get that. George Payton did right by Von Miller by trading him to a contender. Now, granted, he got a fantastic offer. If he got a much better offer from, say, the Carolina Panthers, he probably would have taken it. But I think the goal is to trade him to a contender. 
Drew Locke's not going to be with the team next year. Do right by Drew Locke. Do right by him and let him start the final three games if they lose this game. If they lose this game, let Locke start out so he can give himself an opportunity to get a better deal with somebody else. Do right by him. And the other thing is... If, they're, if they if lose does, this game, they're essentially out. if he out. does well, it helps the team. That's right. Because maybe he does... Let's say you lose this game, and Locke goes out there in the last two games and does some good things. Is he your long-term answer? Probably not. But what if you can turn that sixth round pick that you might get for him into a fifth. Right. Or even a fourth. More likely a fifth. His market value is pretty low right now. But I don't know that it could get any lower by playing him in the next few games. So, for his sake, but more importantly for the health of Teddy Bridgewater. Yes. It, it's, it's Two a concussions win-win. in right. 12 weeks, okay? You have to do right by Teddy Bridgewater for the long so term. It's, so it's a win-win. Yeah. Teddy, sit at the end of the day... And you look compassionate as hell if you do this, too. That's right. Listen, if Teddy Bridgewater had a shoulder injury or a knee injury and he wants to go out there, he has a chance to hurt himself more. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And you can He's he- already gone out there with a leg injury. And, and you can and heal during the offseason. I, I understand that, and I don't mean to use this term literally, you can make the case with two concussions so close together, you can make the case that another team will look at Teddy Bridgewater and say he's damaged goods because he now has a history of concussions. And that might affect his value. It might, yes. But at the end of the day, I think it'd be smarter for him not to play as opposed to playing. I don't think it's going to affect him that much if he doesn't play a contract next year with another team, but it could affect him greatly if he goes out there and gets hit again. Yeah. Just let it ride. Let Locke see what he could do. Now, if they're 8-7 and and now their playoff chances jump to 50%, which they're not going to do, just do right by them. Players will see that. Mm-hmm. Vic Fangio won't like it simply for the fact that it might cost him his job. Pat Shermer's gone. I can say that with 100% certainty. He's gone. The things that I was talking to somebody today who knows what goes on inside that building, the stories I've heard about Pat Shermer, he is gone. Do you think uh, Fangio is gone if they miss the playoffs? Because <sighs> that's something you've been consistent on saying. If they miss the playoffs, he's gone. Is the line moving? I, th- I th- Because the defense is playing well, generally speaking, it might be a decision for Peyton. It might be. I think that Peyton would probably like to move on. Um, the thing about it is, like, let's we talk about Dan Quinn as a potential coach a lot, right? For obvious reasons. He and Peyton go back to their time in Miami together in the mid-2000s. Can Dan Quinn as a defensive court, as a defensive play caller be 85% of Vic Fangio? I'd say probably. No. Is Dan Quinn a better head coach than Vic Fangio? I'd say the record shows the record shows that he is. Yep. And because of that, I think you can live with a little to me in in on balance, I think you can live with a little bit of a a loss of the tactical genius if you're getting a better head coach, better person to oversee the whole thing. I would say and Dan that, Quinn has a Dan yeah. Quinn has a big picture perspective that sadly Vic Fangio appears to lack. Right. Here's the here's the thing. When it came to hiring both offensive coordinators, 
Fangio did did not see eye to eye with Scangarello. Plus, he felt he had to babysit him. He had to babysit him. He he'd never been in OC right. beyond not even FBS, right. FCS right. in the NCAA. As far as Pat Shermer goes, one of the reasons why Fangio hired Shermer was he didn't want to have to babysit someone. Mm-hmm. So but you hire a guy who's been a head coach twice. Then again, with Pat Shermer, I'll say I can say this with a pretty good degree of certainty as well. He's not going to win any popularity contests in that building. Mm-hmm. With anybody. With anybody. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying he's despised. I'm saying he's not going to win any popularity contests. He's just not. That's another reason why he's going to be gone. So now you're going to have a third offensive coordinator. I think Pat Shermer strikes me as a man who needs to kind of take a break for a year from football. Yeah. I'm not sure he will. Yeah. Because everyone's paranoid about getting back in. But he strikes me as somebody who could benefit from just taking I think he's got what one more year on his contract. Yep. Taking that year he's getting paid and just you know going to some ga- going to some games, going to some practices, maybe refreshing a little bit because right. he seems tired and worn out. Right quite frankly. All right, coming up after the break, happy Festivus, everybody. I know Christmas is on Saturday, but it's Festivus today. Yay. A fictional holiday made famous by Seinfeld, a holiday that Andrew takes very seriously. No doubt. We are going to air our grievances, not only on Twitter from a poll question you did, but we're going to air our grievances nationally, locally, with the teams here and what's been going on nationally. That's next. Follow me in merry measure Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason Presented by Silter Har Mazda A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield At Silter Har Mazda Find them at sthmazda.com Live from the Sasquatch Casino And Wildcard Casino Sports Desk Here's Eric and Andrew Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman Mason. Watch us. SmileEyeSports.com. You can reach us on the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you are looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to RMFP.com. In the meantime, I want to tell you about Greenfield's Pool and Sports Bar. Got it all in Lakewood. Every seat's a great seat. They have a terrific menu. All the packages for sports. Uh, live music. Every weekend, no cover, pool hall with 15 tables, best happy hour in Lakewood, two for one on wine, well, and drafts, three until seven every single day. Also, on February 25th, uh, you and I are going to be uh, guest bartending over there for charity. Yep. So that'll be fun to be able to go out there, don't you think? It'll be a blast. Yeah, we're going to raise a lot of money. And uh, by the way, when you are pouring Moscow mules, it's not one for you, one for me. Two for you, one, two oh, for me. I'll be stone cold sober doing this to I'll, get it right. I'll be stoned, but not sober. Ooh, ain't it? No, I will not be. Yeah, I, I, I will not be. I, I will be sober because I'm going to want to get it right. I'll, oh, be ha- I'll be having. I'm going to be wrecked. I'll be having iced tea while I'm serving maybe some Long Island iced teas. There you go. Yeah. Time now for the buzz. The Buzz is presented by Rocky Mountain Forest Products, where they specialize in wholesale lumber to the public. Go to Rocky Mountain Forest Products in Wheat Ridge or go to rmfp.com. 
Well, happy Festivus Day, a fictional time-honored tradition celebrated on a fictional show, Seinfeld, that, Andrew, you apparently take very seriously. The tradition of Festivus begins with the airing of grievances. I got a lot of problems with you people. Now, you're going to hear about it. You, Kroger, my son tells me your company stinks. Oh, God. And now, as Festivus rolls on, we come to the feats of strength. Not the feats of strength. Until you pin me, George, Festivus is not over. Oh, please, somebody stop this. Let's rumble! Okay, we're going to air... The best part of that is, like, right after you hear him say, Shut up and fight your father. (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) Shut up and fight your father! I um, think you can take him, Georgie. It's <laughs> pretty good. Oh, Estelle Costanza. Okay. So oh, gotta love Estelle. We're gonna air our grievances from twenty twenty one. Yeah. We will not be mentioning COVID, uh, any of the variations. We're gonna start with the Twitter poll that we put out this morning about the Broncos. Yes, asking Broncos fans give four give four choices to say, okay, which of these is the biggest grievance that you have uh, with the Broncos here as 2021 ends is it pat Shermer's play calling the quarterback struggles the lack of a quarterback basically since peyton manning likely not going to the playoffs again six years in a row and not drafting a quarterback in 2021 i'm not surprised that not drafting a quarterback this year came in at only five percent and the reason being is because even though they didn't pick a quarterback pat sertan has been terrific just above that, likely missing the playoffs again, only 6% of the vote. 44% of the voters said it's the lack of a quarterback, the struggles at quarterback since Peyton Manning's retirement. But the winner, and there's recency bias involved, Pat Shermer's play calling. Yeah. 45% of the people taking this survey said that was their biggest grievance with the Broncos, at least of those listed. As we get into some of the responses, there were other grievances that people wanted to air. Well, let's get to those responses. Yes, let's. From Joe Rolls, the Broncos have been wandering through the wilderness for half a decade, in part because of the lack of an accountability an owner would provide. The other Ryan, pardon my French, but the bleep sandwich we've been served at QB has lasted through five different offensive coordinators that is by far the biggest grievance and why we haven't made the playoffs during that period of time. Original Finko, the team wasn't sold d- during before the season. Carlos Scurry says it's more Shermer's play design than play calling. Jeremy Entwistle says no owner, barely functional online, quarterback disasters. Okay, let's move away from the Broncos. Mm-hmm. Would you like to air your grievances about anything else? I'd like to air my grievances about the Colorado Rockies. I'd like to air my grievances about Dick Monfort's stewardship. I'd like to air my grievances about the fact that uh, the solution to problems appears to be just standing there doing nothing while the rest of Major League Baseball whizzes past. As we talked about the trade deadline, they didn't trade Trevor Story. And What did they get for him again? Oh, they're going to maybe get a first-round pick if some, if somebody signs him because yeah. they gave him a qualifying. What did they get for John Gray? They got bupkis mm, because they didn't give him a qualifying offer right. and they didn't trade him. They got nothing for the gray wolf. And they didn't sign him. Yes. And now he and, and now he's uh, off in Texas, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. So 
the problem I have with the Rockies is this. Let's go back to the trade deadline. You look around baseball. Every, there, there was more activity at the deadline this year than any other trade deadline. Everybody else in the sport has a direction. Either they're going for it or they're accumulating assets for a long-term build. One team that went for it literally won the World Series because of what they did at the deadline, the Atlanta Braves. Give, I'm going to give my team credit. But 29 franchises in Major League Baseball have a direction. The Rockies is just to stand there at the side of the road with a doping look on their face, and it starts at the top with Dick Bonford. It's a, it is a directionless ship. I mean, I'm, I'm pleased that Clint Hurdle is coming back as a consultant, but as a consultant, there's only but so much he can do. But I, that, okay, yeah, it's back to the future, but I am pleased that maybe he can get his opinions in there because he went on to Pittsburgh after leaving Colorado and was a significant part, not only in the day-to-day management, the dugout, but also the overall organization of building a team that won and went to the playoffs multiple times when it hadn't been there in two decades. So I'm hopeful that Clint Hurdle will bring some of the resourcefulness that was there in Pittsburgh while he was there and bring that to the Rockies. Pittsburgh always had a direction. I'd like to see the Rockies have a direction too, one way or the other. No, I got a list. Go for it. But uh, But but the Rockies thing bothers me the most. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it bothers me the most because this has been going on for so long. I'm almost numb to it, yeah. to be honest with you. I'm talking about things that are specific to 2021, although with the Rockies, hiring Bill Schmidt certainly gives you a reason to air your grievances. I'm going to start with the Broncos thing. Okay. I am tired of this whole business decision thing about Teddy Bridgewater that he's soft. I'm just, I, it exhausts me. As I've said before, he would have been absolutely run over. He would have probably played for the rest of the season. Again, Melvin Gordon was behind him. He would have trucked. Gordon would have trucked Bridgewater, and then the guy behind Gordon trucked him. Okay, Teddy Bridgewater's not soft. I am tired of the national media not getting on the Jokic bandwagon because they're just too... They, they, they just got to give it to somebody else because, as Richard Jefferson said, hey... Jokic got his MVP. That should be good enough. They don't appreciate how great this guy is because you know what? They don't watch Nuggets games or they don't watch him enough. I understand everybody wants to watch Steph Curry and Antetokounmpo and Kevin Durant. Watch this guy because he's absolutely fantastic and he's having a better season this year than he is than he did last year. I'm airing my grievances towards Tim Conley for being impatient with Michael Porter Jr. Mm. You did not have to give him a max contract at the time that you did. You could have done it right at the end of the season when he became a restricted free agent. And if somebody else wanted to offer MPJ a deal, fine. If you think he's worth it, match it. That's totally fine. Because if somebody wants to give him a boatload of money, I'm guessing you're willing to give him a boatload of money too. And I'm tired of all of the venom that we see on Twitter day in and day out where it becomes so personal and you have been a catcher's mitt of criticism for way too long. Thank you. I don't get it because I will fire back with the sharpest tongue and end it immediately. But it is ridiculous. The thing that... one of Who the things- wants to wrestle? 
Let's get this over with. Yeah, man. I feel like I've been wrestling. I feel like I've been wrestling people on Twitter for most of this year. One thing, and obviously, I think part of it is Broncos fans, and that's obviously most of my tweets are Broncos related. Broncos fans are so frustrated right now that I feel like they're looking for any any pincushion they can find. The thing that really kind of bothers me, and this is this is something that I admit when I got into this business, I didn't bank on. I did not bank on having the ability to point out facts and data. I did not bank on people viewing that as and saying, well, you're unprofessional and you're biased. The thing that really the thing that really grinds my gears in the parlance of Peter Griffin, a family guy, is always have, you always have to throw on a show, don't you? You know what? That's a festivist thing for me. Yeah. Right now, I'm gonna air my grievance. You bring up television shows too much. Is that all you do is watch television? No, but I have certain things. But the thing is it's 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 part of the common pop culture language. I know. I'm kidding. Yeah. Kind you know of. what? And anyway. What, what grinds my what really gears. Grinds my gears. Yeah, thank exactly. Is that you can't point out facts without somebody claiming you're biased. Right. And I and one of the things, frankly, that like this this whole Teddy Bridgewater Drew Locke thing this year. Look, data does not favor Drew Locke. It's not a but you know, if if it, what's biased, the performance is biased. The numbers are the numbers are. Then and the numbers reflect performance. And there are a lot of people who are I would say maybe more Drew Locke fans than Denver Broncos fans who seem resistant to that. They can't like you you point the you, you point this out and it's like, oh well, what about this? What about that? I've never seen a player have more excuses made for him, by the way, by a segment of the fan base than Drew Locke has. Right. I have nothing against Drew Locke personally. I have something against the fans that have the, the fans of his that have made my experience a little bit a little bit uh painful this year. And there you have it. Let's anyway. wrestle. Coming up after the break. <laughs> let's talk about Christmas. Let's move to a real holiday in which we give gifts, in which we are kind to people. So we're going to be kind. We're going to give gifts to all of our four major sports teams. I have a feeling I know what you're going to be giving the Rockies because that's what I'll be giving the Rockies as well. But what about the other teams? That's next. All I want for Christmas is a rock and roll electric guitar. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason. Presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. All right, welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman, Mason, watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. Time now for What's Trending. What's Trending is presented by Optimum Golf. Take your game to the next level this offseason at Denver's best indoor virtual facility in the Park Hill and Rhino neighborhoods. Book your tee time today at theoptimumgolf.com. Okay, time to give out gifts. It is Christmas time from St. Mace and Zadie Goodman. Let's start with the teams. Which team do you want to start with? Let's start with the Denver Nuggets. 
Okay, what, what would you like to give them? The gift of successful rehabilitations, pardon me, and good health. Better health than they've had in the last eight months in particular, losing Jamal Murray and then losing Michael Porter Jr. I think it's real simple. It's a team that they ought to they, they should be a championship contender if they're healthy. Right now, they're just scuffling along as a 500 team. Health is the difference between this team potentially having its first Larry O'Brien trophy and uh, being in the trial by fire of the four-team play-in playoff, as it were. Okay. Um, I think it's more powerful when two religions come together like Wonder Twins and give a gift. Because okay. what did I have? Health for Jamal Murray and MPJ. So I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to change mine. Okay. Or and let or I'm going to change mine. Okay. All right. I'm change mine. But gonna, I think yeah. No, I'm going to change mine. I'm I'm going to give my own gift because that's what I was going to give, but I don't want to give what you got. So I want to make sure the Nuggets have two gifts. Mm-hmm. Another MVP for Nikola Jokic. Okay. That's fair. What do you mean it's fair? That's a great you, gift. You accept that? That's no, a great gift. That's a great gift. Yeah. I just wonder how the elves are going to make that. Uh, I think they just go into the room and start making a trophy, and they say, look, you might have a trophy to give National Basketball Association, but here's a trophy. We've already we've already pre-inscribed Nikola Jokic's name on it right. for you guys. It's done. Just give Jokic the trophy. For the team and the fans, it, it would be a nice consolation prize for a season that sadly isn't going to be what it should have been because of the injuries. Okay. Uh Rockies. Ugh. It won't happen. I'd I'd love for the gift of new ownership, but it's not gonna happen. Hmm. Would you like to see what I wrote? Sure. Okay. What's that say? A new owner and GM. Okay. I, I figured I, I figured our gifts would be relatively the same. Yeah. I will now because you gave that gift. I will have to give a new gift. Or you give the GM. I'll, I, I, I'm going to give the owner. You give the no, GM. It's, it's one of the same. Okay. Well, what I would like to give the Rockies is in the 2022 draft, they stumble upon a stud pitcher in the draft. Okay. Like going back to, I think it was 2006, when they passed on Lincecum, they passed on Kershaw, and I think they passed on Scherzer, mm-hmm. something like that. And they took Greg Reynolds instead. Yeah. Okay, let's go with the Avalanche. If you come up with this one, I'm going to be pissed off. The gift of Darcy Kemper being a stud netminder in the postseason. What's this say? A stud goalie for the ads at the deadline. Great. Although I'm saying it should be Kemper. We've seen the flashes from Kemper. One of the reasons Darcy Kemper is with the Avs is because in the bubble in 2020, Mm -hmm. He was all that separated the Coyotes from getting swept by the Avs. Right. Now he's got a much better team in front of him. I would have. We no- know he has the stuff. The question is, can he stay healthy? And look, he doesn't have to be. He doesn't have to be Patrick Waugh or Andre Vasilevsky today. But he's got to be good. He's got he and he's got to be better than Grubauer was if, last spring. If they don't believe that he is the guy. Trade for one at the deadline. Yeah. Okay. That's my gift. Trade for one at the deadline if if you really believe he's not the guy. Broncos. 
And I, I mine sitting right here, and I'll show it to I you. I was going to say, do you want to go first? And yes, go first. Now we're not going to go with quarterback because that's too much of a layup. Uh-huh. Okay, I want a great offensive coordinator. Yeah, that's what I would like to give them a great offensive coordinator. I want them to have the gift of stable ownership that will be successful and last for decades. Yeah, because you know what? This is the year yes. coming up that they are going to more than likely have a new owner. Right. It's And it could come together pretty soon, even though it's not the team is not officially on the market. Right. There's always a group of owner, potential owners that have been vetted by the league. I think... It won't happen at the snap of a finger, but I believe one way or the other, we're going to have this thing finalized by late May. Okay. By the sprint, but not the full owners meetings in late March, although that's possible, but the spring meetings in May. Danny works very, very hard on his questions for the final word, for yes. just in case you missed it. The gift we are giving you is the full-time allotment for just in case you missed it. What do we have coming up? <laughs> Wonderful. I'm thrilled. And uh, it's wow, that pretty impressive like... that you guys were all on the same page there. It's great minds and fools, eerie. Danny. Really? Almost eerie. I think they were all kind of obvious. Well, don't you think? Why do you want to give one of them a gift that we didn't? Any of the uh, teams? No, I mean, I guess you were right. It's all, they were all pretty obvious. Yeah. Um, we went chalk, as for, they say in the NCAA. I think tournament. for the Broncos, I would give them a, a good role for Peyton Manning to be more involved in the organization because I think that's something a lot of people in Broncos country wants. And I think that's something Peyton wants also. Okay. Uh, coming up on Just In Case You Missed It, an AFC North quarterback had some comments this week. Are they signaling something about his future? And also a story on Sports Illustrated that might make some Broncos fans sick. That's next right here on Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason on Mile High Sports. That's the island greeting that we send to you from the land where palm trees sway. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman Mason. Watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to RMFP.com. We were talking about Christmas gifts in the break. And uh, Danny, in the season of giving, um, just made a demand telling me that we have to be out at 5.56.30. So thank you for that. Is, uh, are you giving me a demand because I'm Jewish and I don't celebrate Christmas? No. So, so you feel not, because it's not Hanukkah? No, no, I don't, no. I don't it's, get not Christmas. Any, it's not anything like that. It's personal. That's no, cool. it's not personal. It's just, uh, it's something I know you're capable of doing. So I mm. figured I would, I would make the request. It was more of a request than a demand, but. Uh, well, if you ask, I'm sorry if you took it. Though. If you ask Nolan, uh, who's sitting behind you, I'm sure he will agree. Uh, you said you were like spitting venom when you said that to me, but whatever. Time now for the final word. The final word. Presented by Greenfield's Pool and Sports Bar in Lakewood. Greenfield's has everything under one roof, including the best happy hour in town. Two for one wine, well, and drafts from 3 until 7 p.m. 
Just in case you missed it. Just in case you missed it, Joe Burrow. Some interesting comments yesterday that we talked about a little bit off air, but I wanted to get your thoughts uh, so the listeners could hear them today. He said the Bengals have avoided COVID for the most part because of Cincinnati's lack of nightlife. Uh, Was this remark more of a lighthearted joke at his city's expense, or does it signal something about his future? It's a lighthearted joke, I think. Um, I don't. I, I think it yeah. kind of half is. But he's also from Ohio. Like he's from Athens, Ohio. And when you're There's from, really nothing to do there. Yeah, when you're from Athens, Ohio, and you're going to the big city, you're taking a trip to Cincinnati. You are not Cleveland. It's easier to get Cincinnati than Cleveland. It's a little shorter. They don't have roads that go there. They they have roads, but I'm just saying it's shorter. So Southern Ohio is more tilted towards Cincinnati. Northern Ohio is more tilted toward Cleveland. So, well, he's a hometown kid, right. in Theory, he, yeah. He he he. The Bengals. One of the allures of him was the Bengals drafting a guy from their backyard. Here's the thing: there are certain guys where that's important to them. You see that in the NBA, where guys flock to Miami, L.A., and New York, right? Yes. Okay. In hockey, it's really not as important. Baseball, it's probably really not as important. In football, for some guys it is, some guys it isn't. At the end of the day, players are chasing money. In the NBA, if you're a good player, you're going to get your money. Yes. And you know what it is? It's going to be a max contract. Football, it's not necessarily that way. Mm-hmm. So if Joe Burrow needs to eat Skyline Chili for the rest of his career and he's going to be making $40 million a year, I'm sure he will find a way to choke down that chili. And they'll find a way. He means he means too much to the Bengals and the the trend in which he's the trends on which he's headed right now. I don't think he's ever going to play for anybody else, not for a long time. And you know what? If he does get that type of contract, he could build his own nightclub. It's true. It's a good point. Just in case you missed it, a story on SportsIllustrated.com since it is Broncos Raiders Week. The story is talking about how Pete Rozelle, the former NFL commissioner, blocked a deal Al Davis offered the Colts for John Elway during the 1983 draft. Mm. Would the Broncos have more than one Super Bowl win if Elway had been a Raider? I don't know, and that's mm. uh, I I totally missed that. So they might have had none. Well, he made the Broncos relevant. He I is mean, the most important person. He, you know what? I'll just come out and say it. I suppose mm-hmm. he is the most important person in the history of this state. Ooh, I wouldn't. The history of the state. Give me somebody who's more important, and what they have done for morale, name recognition for the state, all of it. I'm sure there have been philanthropists who have done more. Wizard White. Yeah. Okay. Wizard White. As a career, people who develop. The ski, the ski industry, especially after the Second World War, that turned this state into a tourist mecca. Well, we have the mountains here. It was going to happen eventually. Skiing was was. It was eventually going to happen. Skiing was basically a niche activity before the Second World War. I understand, but but cars were kind of a niche thing too back then, as well as television. But then it beca- and then you start. And establish- the television wasn't even you around. You start establishing. You have people that come that come back. They're interested in skiing in Europe. They come back after the war. They set up ski resorts, and all of a sudden, you've you've basically turned the mountains from something you looked at into something that was a playground. I understand for people from around the world. John Elway 
is the most wreck. First of all, you said people, right? We don't even know who the person is, right? It, it's, no, not no, 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 no. One, it's not one person. That's the that, thing. That's right. But I'd say that that's more important as to an Colorado. individual person that we can actually name. He took a dusty old cow town and turned it into Denver, Colorado, must-watch football. Right? I understand the Broncos went to the Super Bowl in 77. I get the Orange Crush defense. I mean, wouldn't you think of someone like Adolph Coors? Anybody who has the first name Adolph is not going to be on my list. How can he? Well, he can't control his first name. Well, There's a different spelling anyway. Okay. I mean... Who's no. more Who's more important to the state? Adolph Coors or John Elway? John Elway. This, John Elway. At this moment, yes, in terms of the development of the state, probably Adolph Coors. Okay. He built a brewery. That's great. A brewery, again, a brewery that spread the name of Colorado far and wide. Golden Colorado. Rocky, I'm with you. Fresh as a Rocky Mountain stream. I mean, remember, remember there was a time when Coors was like this, before you couldn't get it east, east of the Mississippi? Coors was like this mystical beverage, almost. Beer? That symbolized Colorado. Yes, back east it was. But there was a whole Smokey and the Bandit was literally about smuggling Coors across the country. John, it was like, back east, Coors was considered like this legendary John Elway beer. has done far more than that. Adolph Coors. I don't know. Uh, just football. in case you missed it, we've had a lot of, a lot of uh, holiday-themed questions today, so I wanted to uh, hear what your guys' favorite Christmas or holiday movie is. I don't know I don't know many Hanukkah movies, Eric. I only know of, I think, two. Nice, nice try. Um, but if nice you try, have Bailey. one that you're nice interested try. In, in mentioning here, I would love to hear about it. I know of Adam Sandler's movie, Eight Crazy Nights. That's uh, I'm the not going to go I there. Really know of. But what's your favorite holiday movie? I'll go Gentile if you want me to. Go ahead, well, Mace. Well, you go first. I thought you were going Gentile. No, I am. I am going. They're, they're the best my, favorite, my favorite's Die Hard. I just saw that for the first time. Really? And it was awful. What? It was absolutely terrible. Why? It was awful. It was? It, you know what it was? It was... Did you ever... Have you ever watched a movie? Did you ever watch a movie many, many years ago, and you loved it back then, and now you watch it today, and you're like, I really like that? It's... Da- I, who cares if it's Terrible. Dated? Oh, I... Just awful. Predictable... Dumb. It wasn't predictable. It wasn't predictable when it came out. It's predictable because of everything that followed. Just because there's awful. been imitated hundreds and hundreds awful. of times because it was so good. Not a good movie. Ugh. The and honestly, Wrong. God, I this will, is your worst take. Ever. I will wrestle somebody to the ground if they don't agree with me on the best holiday movie ever. And don't tell me it's a Wonderful Life because it's not. That's about my ancestors. Oh, because of Bailey. Yeah. Yeah, you're related to a fictional character, are you? I am. Okay. The best holiday movie of all time, hands down, not even a close second, is Elf. Hilarious. Great story. Heartwarming. Will Ferrell. It's the funniest of all. I know people like Home Alone, and that's really, really good. It's re- but Elf, you got Will Ferrell. James Caan brings a lot to that one, too. He does. He does. And it's a great cast. Great movie. Bob we, Newhart. We got to go. 56-30. Make it the best possible Christmas you can!